in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. This is going to be a very fame-adjacent episode for us. Ooh! Because I don't know if you've ever heard of a stand-up comedian by the name of Ronnie Cheng. Um, oh! Did he do that? That show with that thing where yeah. he was a university student. He did, yeah. Yes. Here in Australia, he did a TV show called Ronnie Chang International Student. Mm-hmm. But in the USA, he's just become fucking huge, and he's um. Isn't he in a Marvel movie now? He's in two Marvel. He's in two Marvel. No, what? no, no. He's in he's in a Marvel movie. He's in the the Ten Rings of Shang Chi, and he's in Godzilla, the the latest of the Godzillas. Ah, oh, and he stole the show. Yeah. He stole my and he's on, he's on the Daily Show and he's yeah. got two Netflix specials and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What no one will know for a good reason is mm. that he and I started out at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've only ever done one show with him and mm-hmm. it was on a place called Rotnest Island um, off the coast of Western Australia. And he was amazing. I sucked. Yeah. But I got free booze and I was happy. Uh-huh. The next day he turns up. Yeah. On the boat to go back to the mainland because Rotnest was a, an old prison island. There was a lot of uh, massacres there of the indigenous population. But we'll get to that later. He gets he turns up on the boat looking like an extra from a 1920s mummy film. Because he's come off his bike. You can rent these bikes and yeah, ride yeah. around the island. Yeah. And he's ridden around the island. And there is one animal there that the place is famous for. They're called quokkas. I love the quokkas. They're the most beautiful, sweetest, they are happiest. Cuteness on steroids. Yeah. Imagine the cutest animal you've ever seen and then make it cuter and then put yourself on ecstasy. Yeah. And that's how cute it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He had to avoid one of those on his bike and he yeah. came off and just shredded himself on the on the riding trail. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Ronnie, and I tried to help him and tried to get him back into – because he had, like, had no one there to get him back into town and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And that was the last time I saw him. I was like, oh, sorry, Ronnie. Like, we've, we've kept in touch on Facebook. Yeah. Anyway, today, yeah. he's off. He's a megastar. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that we possibly have in common yes. is that today we are talking about Rolex watches yes. and Singaporeans because he is Singaporean. Yes. Oh, no, he's Malaysian, but he spent some time in Singapore. Uh huh. And he collects Rolex watches. I collect broken cameras. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely dude, but fuck, has he ever, ever done the better out of the two of us? It just sounds like we just got to the end of a very depressing David Lynch film. <laughs> Pretty much. You'll never have me. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, I. Uh, look, you know what? The game's not. The game's not up yet. Oh, Craven, Craven fame grab. I'm going to tag him when we fucking release this. <laughs> go, finally, Ronnie, something we both have in common. <laughs> we collect broken things. Oh. Except he pays, uh, he has a watch guy. That finds, what? what do you mean he, he has a watch guy? What he has a watch mean? guy that tracks down rare Rolexes. He's got one of the fucking space program Rolexes. He's got the astronaut it's, Rolex. Yeah, you know, I, know, I know a guy down my pub. <laughs> All right, he can track down just about anything you're after, either. Okay, yeah. so let's not get excited. Technically, I've got a whatever you want guy. Just like an astronaut watch, it'll get you high. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do know one interesting thing about quokkas, though. What's that? Oh my lord, <laughs> quokkas are fantastic. Apparently, okay, if a <laughs> if a quokka is with its babies and they're like, oh, what is that? And they they 
they don't know. They think they might be in danger. So there's a predator. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rolf Harris comes around the corner. So Rolf Harris comes. <laughs> they will pick up their baby and throw it at it, and then run in the other direction. That, Take it, not me. That's ah! the most Australian animal ever. Yeah. Take my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's true. I'm look. I'm going to be honest. For everyone out there who's got kids, like you have a favorite. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you've got a couple of kids, you we, you you know in the back of your mind yeah. which one you're going to go back for yeah. in the zombie apocalypse. You can only save one. You know. And if you're a highly feckoned marsupial yeah. that punches out 50 babies a year, yeah. fuck it, what's one? Yeah, exactly. This is like Irish Catholic times in the 1800s, <laughs> just, just down the drains like those old orphanages. <laughs> That'll get rid of that hair clog. Timmy, come here. Daddy goes. Because I'm sick of all the, you know, it's all these movies. It's like, ah, it's, you know, people rushing in to like save their child. No, I find this a lot more relatable. <laughs> Just like, oh, throw it at the vampire, run away. Oh. You know what? I've always had a problem with those old timey stories you hear about people who grew up in the depression. Yeah. Who are like, oh, and we always made sure that the kids ate before we did because yeah. that's how selfless we are. Do you know what the... F- in all honesty, if yeah. you are there and there is not enough food for the two of you, yeah. you've got a very simple choice. You can have dinner or you can live with a hungry kid that won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> that hungry kid is getting fed nine times out of ten. Don't pretend you're Mother Teresa yeah. that is entirely fucking selfless. Yeah. So you don't end up like bloody, you know, the end of MASH where he chokes the chicken but it's really a baby because it won't fucking shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Just okay. Alan Alda. Oh, there you go. So yeah, all your all your old depression stories. Fuck off. Of course you fed your kids first. Yeah, anything to just shut it up. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe go hunting for a predator and then maybe if you find one, ah <laughs> It was survival, honey. It was survival. What could I do? <laughs> well, it was a female child, it's just a burden anyway. You've just got like a Well you know what? Sometimes I think see that's the problem. I think we've gone too far, like with human beings, because like, as a single woman, if I meet one more gentleman that still lives at home with his parents yeah, in his <laughs> 30s, no. It's, you know what? You need, to, you need to channel your inner bird and kick that little fucker out of the nest. Yeah. Especially like, the first time it opens its beak and says anything about Bitcoin or yeah. NFTs, <laughs> you're on the fucking street, cunt. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yeah. Then you find out if you raised it right or not. If it can't defend itself, well, do better next time. See it on the news because it's killed a stripper. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to raise my children so they know that they can kill anybody but a stripper. Yeah, absolutely. Go and kill a politician. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that no one's going to miss. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, would the world be better? Oh, have you seen? Oh my god! Actually, that just reminded me. There is a part of the world right now, and I feel really bad and ignorant because I can't think what part of the world is it. Where is it? Is it Sri Lanka? The the people. This is the best people rising up story that we've had for a while. Okay. okay. Um, people are angry because basically, you know, everything. The cost of living, inflation is going up so high. Wages, you know, are going down. Jobs, uh, are, you know, are closing. The government has done nothing, okay? You sure this isn't Australia? Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, no, no. This is the difference. Okay, yeah. So the people have, you know, 
you could be like sitting at, at home yelling at the TV going, oh, this is a bit shit. Oh, I'm angry. Yeah. What am I going to do? Oh, maybe I'll burn down some public services. No, it's public services. You know, then that's just you've got to spend more money yeah. to rebuild it. You know what they did? What? They went to the home of every sitting member of parliament and burnt their house to the mother flipping ground. Oh, there must be a reason I haven't heard about that in the Murdoch media. Burnt the politicians' <laughs> houses. I mean, it would, yeah, like here, it's like which of you'd burn 80 houses per politician yeah, just to get down. one, yeah. Yeah, but they went to the politicians' houses and burnt all of their houses to the ground in protest to be like, how do you like not having a house fun? <sighs> that, that sounds like, yeah, the Sri Lanka or the Philippines or somewhere cool. That is... Now, see, that. That's... Yeah. That's... That's a protest of the people. That sends a message. It does. You know? <laughs> this kind of shits me about politicians today. Like, they all have so many guards. It's bullshit. We should take all of their guards away because you know what? They should be living a little bit in fear or they'd start doing a better fucking job. Gavin in the Woods podcast, now on ASIO's watch list. <laughs> Let's rise up, people. Rise up. <laughs> well, the CIA toppled Whitlam, so. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny to think we live in a country that suffered a coup, <laughs> a bloodless coup, a bloodless coup. Yeah. yeah. Well, did they? They didn't so much topple it as just held democracy under the water for a good five minutes till it stopped breathing. <laughs> Pretty much. Waited for the bubbles to stop and then pulled it out. <laughs> no, they just pushed <laughs> like like a what do you call it? What like a quaker quaker? <laughs> just threw the body out to sea. Ah! <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Doesn't work on a surf beach, I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's a problem that just keeps coming back. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's the problem with Bondi as well. Every, every, all the tourists are always like, oh, I've got to go to Bondi. It's so beautiful. You know what's around the corner from Bondi? Way better beaches. Storage outlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bondi is the shittest beach. Literally. Yeah. There's a reason turds are called Bondi cigars. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's not sharks that are floating around in that ocean. <laughs> and I tell you, it's certainly not a great white one. <laughs> no. But I, no, I've spent a bit of time at Bondi and you know, we don't have any Sydney listeners, so fuck them. Yeah. But Bondi's the shittiest beach. You know. There are better, there's four better beaches in Adelaide. Well, they're in Adelaide though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's better beaches in fucking in New South Wales. Like Nobby's Beach in Newcastle is fucking amazing. You know where I found a beautiful beach? Where? Mystery Island, Vanuatu. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all I've got. There's no funny, there's no tagline. Didn't know you've been to Vanuatu. You know what? Champagne Island, ironically, is not so champagne-y. The rock is like all like little rocks and pebbles uh, and shit. It's like, this is bullshit. Because it's not really French, so it's just sparkling at all. It's just all been, yeah, <laughs> the atomic blast has yeah. just melded all the... Uh, oh, Trinitite. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, but there you go. So, if you're looking for somewhere to go, yeah, Mystery Island, Vanuatu. I recommend Vanuatu. For the, for the next 15 years while well, it's still there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, until it... Well, no, now, thanks to Australia's failures in foreign policy, it's going to become a Chinese landing strip. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the world who doesn't know our, like, closest sort of bit of land to us, the Solomon Islands, they've always been... Uh, Allied with us, yeah, and Australia's always played a very, uh, I suppose, 
proactive role in maintaining their country because they don't have a huge economy or anything like that. So a lot of foreign aid went there. Yeah. For good reason. Strategically very important. Like, you know, they were very important during World War II Mm -hmm. when the Japanese were advancing. This is turning into a podcast by two people over the age of 40 who are now like, World War II, let me tell you about the supply issues that led to that. (laughs) It It was just the domestic politics in Malaya as well. (laughs) <laughs> uh, talking about Malaya, we're going to talk about your grandma's <laughs> and the war effort. <laughs> Malaya cake. Oh my god! But yeah, anyway, our latest government decided to stop, like, just, just, you know what? Decided to just be like, you're all cunts, and just piss and them joked off. Joked about them sinking in climate change. Yeah. And lo and behold, the Chinese have turned up, going, "Oh, we'll give you a bunch of money for infrastructure. Can we put an aircraft carrier here? Yeah, yeah. Now Australia is within range. Now we've created our own Cuban missile crisis. Yeah. God, we're shit sometimes. We are so shit at this. And China's our biggest trading partner. We shouldn't have these kind of problems with them. Yeah. Nah. You know, well, you know, to be honest, it's Australia though. We get a few bevies in us and we're a bit like, you want to fight? Yeah. I'll fight you. I love you. I can totally bash you. Oh, that's part of our charm though. <coughs> Excuse you. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. But, you know. Speaking of things that have their charms. I thought you, I thought you were about to go, speaking of Asia. <laughs> just clunk. <laughs> Australian foreign politics, they're all the same. <laughs> no, I was trying to completely avoid that, but thanks for dragging us down into that quagmire. After the last, after the last episode and the jokes we made about 9-11, the quagmire is where we can only pray to be. What? I'm just saying. Bad cosplay. Bad cosplay. Depth perception. It's true. If you're at home, put an eye patch on. <laughs> then don't fly a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. This week, we are going to Singapore. Yay! Yay! No chewing gum, though. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I do apologise if I mispronounce these names incorrectly. If you mean when I do. I tried, I got one of those things, you know, where it's like the computer will read out what's on your screen. I'm like, oh, this is good. This will help me with my pronunciation. (laughs) The fucking irony. (laughs) Holy Jesus. It's like, (laughs) The only problem is it's only going to help me if these are the names of like computer androids. Jesus Christ. At like Skynet. Okay. Because it just... It's when you give the Singaporeans southern accents <laughs> that's going to be the real clincher. <laughs> what? They, you don't know. Sally Poe Biang was thrilled. She had spent many wonderful years with her husband and as a token of these wonderful years, Poe's husband, Lee Boon Siang, went all out on her birthday present. This wasn't a bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates from a gas station. (laughs) This wasn't a phone cover. This wasn't a tin opener or an iron. What's the shittest gift you've ever got? From from anyone? No, from like a sexy partner. Uh, Oh, um, fuck. I don't know. Uh, I got one who didn't give me anything in four years. Um. (laughs) Except the clap. Come on. (laughs) Uh, honestly, no. Like, I don't think I've ever had a shitty gift from a romantic partner. Oh. Mm. That's just awkward. Yeah. Okay, yeah, neither have uh, I. Um, <coughs> <coughs> carrying on. Um, I oh. got given a copy of Escape from LA. Oh. And he's like, oh. you love this movie, right? And I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know me at all. You disgust me. And I got really angry. 
Like, uh, have you not listened to a word I've said for like the last year? P- p- oh, so angry. I mean, Lou gave me a guitar. So that's pretty nice. <sighs> Rub it in. Sorry. I wish I had a baby right now to fucking throw at you. <laughs> Piss off, come. I had another one give me a first edition copy of Watership Down. I thought that was pretty sweet. Oh, fucking hell. I know. I got a tin opener once. Jesus. Holy shit. Oh, it's all electronic. Oh, that'll save time. Yeah. Fucking Jesus Christ. Less time opening tins, more time delivering blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, ironically, you're delivering no blowjobs to anyone who gives you an electronic tin opener no, for you your are not. birthday. No. Whatever. That's just like saying, this is how I want to live when I'm single. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it's saying. He thought it was hilarious. Oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <sighs> oh. He's bald now, so whatever. That's <laughs> what you get. <laughs> uh, so, yes, didn't get any of those shit gifts. Or a signed first edition, Mr. Wicked Wicked Wicked. <laughs> It was a seven and a half thousand gold and diamond Rolex watch. Okay. Poe thought she had got the gift of a lifetime. What she actually got was the gift that would end her lifetime. (laughs) In this week's episode of the Rolex watch murder of Singapore. Or murder. Time's up. (laughs) Or watch out for murder. Very good. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't get some kind of murder on the Oriental Watch Express. (laughs) Quickly throwing a baby and carrying on. (laughs) (laughs) Janaris Badlisha. God bless you. Gesundheit was a 23-year-old man who worked as a freelance assistant cameraman and prop assistant. Okay. Already, if you've ever worked on a film, (laughs) the freelance dudes are always the fucking creepiest. They've always got a do-rag. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. All the freelance, like, ACs and, like, you know, oh, no, I'm a freelance sound tech. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, everyone pretty much is because, you know, no one is employed. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But, yeah, they've always got a do-rag. They've always got, like, some pirate shit going on. Oh, Big okay. earrings. Yeah, they've always got a syphilis look about them. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. Okay. Janaris <laughs> lived at home with his mother. Yep. Straight away, of course, he's a killer. Yeah, he's saving up to buy more Bitcoin. Yeah, seriously. He lived with his mother in a semi-detached house in an expensive part of town. Okay. He wore expensive clothes and often bragged about the fact that he was descended from royalty. Oh, God. But the truth was nowhere near as glamorous. Well, nowhere near as glamorous begins at lives with his mum. <laughs> Janaris was, would you believe, constantly in debt. No. Janaris usually earned $2,000 a month. Yeah. But that would not stop him from spending... $4,000 a month on four weekly paid visits to visit his girlfriend, Safon, who worked 
at a local brothel. Oh, he thought it was his girlfriend. He was very, very explicit. Okay. That he was paying to spend time with his girlfriend. Because all girlfriends don't, are coin operated. We all why know do you think that. we have the slot? <laughs> <laughs> you swipe your Amex card here. <laughs> Sex work is real work. It is. But yes, no, he would spend. And also, let that four <sighs> visits a week. <sighs> each week. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Four grand a month for paid visits for your girlfriend. Yeah. <sighs> who's Who's got the time? Who's got the energy? Like, oh, my Lord. Oh, waiting in a queue. Who has that? Like, that's the worst thing about hanging out with your girlfriend is waiting to get to the front of the queue. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Getting to know the other people in the line. Yeah. In October of 1997, Janara's visited a brothel after a late night of drinking and partying. The woman whose services he had paid for was Saifon. She was a 30-year-old prostitute from Thailand who had come to work in Singapore to earn money. Yes. Because apparently she could get more for her services in Singapore than she could in Thailand. And she doesn't have to deal with Australians. Yeah, that winning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. If I see one more Shimano fishing shirt. <laughs> <laughs> pulled up like a fucking bad theatre curtain over a beer belly. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now, even though Saifon would, on average, service 20 men a day, Jason knew that she felt the same way about this experience that he did For when they first met. For money, yes. For money. Yeah. No, no, no. But this this was something different. He felt it and he knew that she felt it. To be fair, there's a lot of men who insist that we feel it. <sighs> we really don't. You should ask his mum. <laughs> what if she feels it? Ugh. Wrong, man. Get this out of the house wrong. more, son. <laughs> oh, look. But no, he, he swears... It was something different. And so the two began. There's going to be a lot of finger waggling in yeah, this. Okay, yep, yep. The two began to date. Within the confines of her place of employment. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, it's efficient. Yeah, exactly. Why leave the brothel? We have everything that we need for yeah. a date. <clears throat> we have a bed and a bar fridge and a towel. And an ATM. Yeah. Like what, I have a box of wet wipes. What more do you need for a date? And a UV lamp. Oh, Lord. Who wants to go out and get a tan on the beach when I have my inspecting your genitals lamp? It's practically the same thing. It really But is. with less sand. <laughs> it's a win-win. Oh, my God. I was COVID. Why do you want to go outside? Oh, Lord. And plus, I've only got an hour, which started <laughs> 10 minutes ago. And you're kind of burning through that time. Oh, Lord. So, yes. Yeah, so... Jason would return to the brothel four times a week, every week, to spend, finger waggle, time. Yeah. 
quality time. Well, literally, spend time. <laughs> With his girlfriend. Yeah. Again, finger waggle. Girlfriend. Yes. Uh, she would listen to his stories of his wealth and his royal family. Janaris felt that Saphon was the only one who really understood him. She's a good for nine ninety five a minute. <laughs> She's a good listener. Yeah. You know what? You pay me enough, I'll be a real good listener. I've actually heard that from sex worker friends that like being a good listener yeah. dramatically reduces the amount of time that you have to spend fucking. Yeah. And a lot of times like men will just pay for it because they're fucking lonely. Yeah. You just want a hug. Yeah. See sex work should be provided by the government. <laughs> it should it should be like Medicare. It should be you get five visits a year. Some European countries yeah. actually like consider like sex as part of um, your health, not just like physically but mentally yeah. as well. Absolutely, um, and they actually have people who can help um, if you're not in a position. They can help to relieve you. Watch watch productivity in the workforce go up when you institute a program called Nut for the Nation. <laughs> Infrastructure we're talking. No, you know what? I no. no. I have been ridden too hard and put up too wet by my government at the moment. I don't feel like nutting for the nation. <laughs> I, they have worn me down. I'm frankly, I am too tired. I am too exhausted for slaving just to make rent to nut one for the nation. <laughs> but you're a woman. Ninety five percent of the time, you're not going to anyway. <gasps> Only when men are around. <laughs> Take the man out of the equation. It's 110% of the time. I'm, I'm all for that. Oh, my as Lord. As long as I get to watch. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. So creepy. I've got a Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> Have you officially moved out of your mother's house yet? <laughs> no, she's buried in the backyard. <laughs> when you say buried. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So much wrongness. Uh, so, yes, uh, he felt she was the only one who understood him. Saphon said that she had a young child in Thailand and that was why she had been forced to take up prostitution so that she could make enough money to provide for her son now that she was divorced. Yeah, sex slavery is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saphon also spoke to her <sighs> boyfriend Okay. about wanting... A Rolex watch. Okay. Saifon told Janaris that she had totally owned a Rolex watch. Like, totally, I've totally owned one. Like, whatever. Yeah. Who doesn't own a Rolex watch? But she had totally owned one, but it was very, it had been very dear to her. It had been a gift to her from her ex-husband. But two years previously, despite the sentimentality, she had put the money, uh, she put the watch in pawn for cash to help her friend who was in a desperate situation. But her friend then disappeared with the money and never repaid her. So she didn't have the money to get the money out of Hock. So unfortunately, she had lost the watch. Mm. And she'd been very sad about that ever since. I can imagine. Yeah, oh, she she missed her watch. Yeah, very much. Yeah, Janaris felt he had to get his girlfriend a Rolex watch. On the eighteenth of April, nineteen ninety eight, 
Janaris was working on a small filming project. Whilst on set, he noticed a 42-year-old lady, Sally Poe Bieng. Poe was a professional makeup artist and beautician. Poe was... Poe, sorry. Oh, dear. Poe was married to Lee Boon Siang, a 47-year-old teacher, and together they had raised two wonderful children who had grown and had now flown the nest. Where the fuck did they get Rolex money from? <laughs> Oh, oh my god, as soon as their kids fucked off oh, at a decent age. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Kicked him out, made him get a job, <laughs> made him stop going to the brothel four times a week. <laughs> That's how you have money. Get rid of your kids. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, so, you know, they'd raised two kids. But that was not what caught Janaris's eye. What caught his eye? was the $7,500 golden diamond-studded Rolex watch that Poe wore on set that day. The following day, on the 19th of April, Poe received a phone call from a man she did not know. The man introduced himself as Nigel. Nigel. It is Singapore. There, There was a British hangover. Exactly. So... The man said that he wanted a makeup artist for a photo shoot on the following day as the one arranged had been forced to cancel last minute. Mm. Okay, sounds like that could happen. That could sounds, happen, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds legit. Plus, his name is Nigel. How would you not trust someone called Nigel? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what Nigel uh, wanted. He was ringing up on behalf of Nigel. As compensation, the man was offering a payment of $1,000. Which was double her normal fee. Poe agreed and said she would meet Nigel at the location. Good. All above board. All above board. On the morning of the 20th of April 1988, Poe headed to the Super Bowl Golf and Country Club. Okay. Yep. And then went across the road to the bus stop. Oh, okay. Uh... I kind of, you know. Okay, I'm just going to put a warning out. Anyone who says they're offering you a job and they want you to meet them at the bus stop. Yeah. Uh, that photo shoot's going to involve rope. Yeah. And a Polaroid. Yeah. 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 Unless it's actually a company that sells bus stops. Yeah. Um, just. Yeah. I, mm, bless the people of Singapore. Um, so trusting. So trusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the quackers. There's no natural yeah. predators on the island. So <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Until you and Ronnie Chung arrived. <laughs> Ronnie's happily married. Oh, my God. Well, when he's not trying to run down quackers. <laughs> he avoided it. Uh-huh. That's what he tells you. Oh, if anyone else would have run that little rat over. He fucking... <laughs> Don't talk about Ronnie that way. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now I can't tag him in a blatant attempt to get some clout. Oh, I'm sorry. You can edit that out. No, I can't. You can't, yeah? No. Oh. We'd have to edit out my asthma attack and all sorts of shit. Oh, yeah. We no, don't edit it. these at all. Yeah, that's true. Fuck that. Fuck. Look, how about if I say I thought that thing where he was the uni student was funny? It was very good, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. You can tag him again. Okay. There you go. He's going to fucking hate it. I want to be in Black Panther 3. Can I put that in? <laughs> if he's in a Marvel movie? <laughs> If there's a role for, like, a chubby white chick. I don't think he's got get your mate's 
get the guy you met once his co-host on a fucking obscure podcast onto a marvel film cloud yeah oh then why are you talking him up he's got he got shit then he's got shit then if he can't get me into like black panther three <laughs> whatever whatever you don't impress me mate um if there is anyone out there who can get me in like black panther three <laughs> Hook me up. As a very imprisoned Weinstein reaches for the phone. <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god, actually, do you know what? I actually do you want to know my coolest like Marvel related moment? Yes. Okay. Oh my lord. Okay. So I was I was in the city and I, you know, I'd just come out from lunch and as I was you know you know, the like the walkway in between buildings kind of thing. Yeah. I had on my black I had a giant Black Panther shirt on. Yeah, because you're a professional. Yeah, Yeah. so I've got my Black Panther shirt. And coming from a distance, I could see a guy and he had his small kid, probably um, just a bit older than your son, and he had a Captain America shirt on. Oh, hello. And I think we both sort of noticed each other's you know, like shirt from a distance. And as we sort of like got like a bit closer, he sort of like, he looked at the shirt and then he looked up at me. And as I walked past, I gave him a little bit of a Wakanda forever, like crossed the arms. And and he was just kind of like, and gave me a little captain salute. And I'm like. That was a beautiful moment for you. But do you know what that kid's dad saw? (laughs) That kid's dad saw someone just go, do you want to be in a photo shoot at a bus stop? What was a beautiful moment between Black Panther and the Captain? All right, you're worse for the Black Panther franchise than bowel cancer. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I I shouldn't be allowed in <laughs> a Black Panther shirt. It was a beautiful moment. Like all I could think is like just the excitement on that kid's yeah. face. Yeah, of just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So that that was very very cool. But yeah, Black Panther hooked me up. Um, Ronnie. <laughs> I'm completely where were we? We're at the bus stop, aren't we? Okay, so yeah, he's gonna meet her at the bus stop. So she goes across the stop to the bus stop where she met Janaris at uh, six thirty AM. That's not Nigel. Janaris told her that Nigel and the others would be along shortly. Mm. Mm. He was just the first one there. Okay, yep. Um, Maybe you should wait in the trunk of my mother's car. Oh, God, yeah. It's comfortable. I've slept there. <laughs> so Poe went back to her car and parked her car and returned to the bus stop. You've got a car, lady. Why do you need the bus? Literally, I just like yeah. I would have just been in that car and just yeah, like burning to like just doing donuts, Death like proof. giving the finger. <laughs> Kill someone else, you fucker! <laughs> you want the Rolex? Here it is under my finger. <laughs> oh, bless this woman is, yeah, far Very too trusting. trusting yep. Yeah. So she parks the car. She comes back to wait for the others. The two stood there for a short while. <laughs> how, do you, how do you make pre-murder chit-chat? Yeah. Come here often? Well, you won't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh let's, you know, let's just play hypothetical. I mean, like, if this was going to be your last day on Earth, I mean, shit, like, as is your last day on Earth, I mean, if, 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 
<laughs> what would your final meal be to a budget of fourteen dollars? <laughs> Please say Wendy's. <laughs> as, he pulls a out, as he pulls out a Wendy's. <laughs> oh Lord, no, she yeah, she's a very trusting woman. Very. Oh Lord, the two stood there for a short while, and then oh, I had a picture of the bus stop, and I've forgotten. I haven't included it. Oh well. Okay, so this bus, it's the street that it's on. It's not a small, quiet bus stop. No, this, this is Singapore. It's, it's a busy road. We're not talking about Eight Mile Road. This is Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Next door country club. This is going to be a major thoroughfare. Opposite. Yeah. A country club. Yeah. Although, <laughs> who's taking the bus to the country club? I was going to say that, and then I'm like, everyone who works at the country club. <laughs> I suddenly, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Don't you have a horse? <laughs> No, we're cooking them tonight. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. See, it's you. You're such a classist. Who would be out driving at three a.m.? The rest of us, John. Everybody else who works for a living. Oh my god! Fucking comedians. Comedians, John. That's who's out at three a.m. Oh my god. So yeah, they're still standing at the bus stop. She turns her back. On Janaris. Just looking up the road. Yeah, fair enough. He pulls a claw hammer out from his bag. Jesus fucking Christ. Janaris raised the hammer and brought it crashing down onto Poe's skull, knocking her unconscious at the bus stop. That's some fucking Flintstones shit. I'm telling you, when you said you said that guy was just jerking off at your bus stop, people just don't make eye contact with people at bus stops. That, no. People are just like, don't look at the bus stop. You're just going to see something you don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Janaris then picked up Poe and dragged her unconscious into the bushes behind the bus stop. Oh, my God. As her helpless body lay on the ground... Poe regained consciousness. Oh, no. And attempted to stand. Janaris oh. leapt at the helpless Poe and drove the hammer into the back of her head ten more times. Jesus Christ. This is now 11 full blows to your head with a claw hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He completely fractured her skull. Not surprising, yeah. The longest fracture was 13 centimetres long. He's turned her head into a wiffle ball at this point. That's half a ruler. That's probably like half of her skull. Yeah, some JFK shit. In one crack. Fucking hell. Yeah. She passed out again. There's a shock. As you would. Yeah. While she lay there unconscious, Janaris took the Rolex watch from her wrist and then ransacked her purse. This is the thing. What, I mean, just acknowledging how fucked his plan was from the very start. Mm-hmm. And I know this is, not a, this is not necessarily a, actually, yes, it is. This is better. Why didn't he just rob her? Yeah. Why didn't he just turn up with a fucking balaclava on, mm. go, give me your watch, mm. and she would have. Yeah. But he's just gone and taken to her with a fucking claw hammer. Yeah. Yeah. What a fuckhead. I know. That's what really shits me. Like, do you know what I mean? Or like, just crash a shop. Or yeah, just hold her up with a gun. Don't kill her. There's no need to kill her. She's a tiny little... 
little Singaporean forty-two-year-old yeah. lady makeup artist. Yeah, yeah. Look, you could have you could have pulled the claw hammer out and said, "Give me your watch." Yeah, and she would have. Yeah, there's no need to hit her skull ten times for a fucking watch. Your phone tells the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh. I really hope this guy meets a horrible end. Just, yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, this does not, this isn't equal to the outcome. It's a fucking watch, man. This is her, this is her life. It's her skull ten times. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah. Like, if it was a, sh- you know, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, there are people I'd like to hit in the head. Yeah. Ten times with a hammer. Yeah. Makeup lady is not one of them. No, she's not. Especially not for a watch. Yeah. I mean, for a part in Black Panther 3, yes. <sighs> You're not going to get the part threatening to kill people with a hammer. Well, I'm not not going to get the part <laughs> from threatening with a shot. You turn up looking like the fucking lowest rent Thor. With a claw hammer and a glimmer in your eye. <laughs> I want to be in the other movie. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Mm, porn parody at best. Well, I've got nothing else. Like, I, my, I mean, my personality is passable at best. <laughs> I'm just, I'm too robust after the lockdown. I just, I don't give a shit anymore. None of my, tra- none of my track pants fit. What else have I got? There we go. We can make a black exploitation film called Whore instead of Thor. <laughs> We've got a claw hammer, and you just. <laughs> Deal with incels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I basically just kill all of them till I can get to the head of Marvel. Oh my god! One of them's got a glove with eight jewels that he just uses to jerk off to fucking <laughs> bored ape NFTs. <laughs> On my ultimate battle, I've got to fight Runny Chung. It's who's... just a vajazzled Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> Which I don't think you should be. Bedazzle your love glove. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're Michael Jackson. That's. I mean, I guess you like it ribbed for your pleasure. I guess. Yeah. The only thing harder than me is the stones on my glove. (laughs) Oh my God. There are so many times I wish I had a glove that I could just make people disappear. (laughs) Like right now. My son did that once. It was amazing. (laughs) I was telling him off and he he looked at me and he turned away and just held his hand up and went, as if to make me fucking turn to dust. <laughs> okay, that is two things. A, really awesome. Yeah. And B, I'm really worried he's going to become a serial killer. Oh, no, he's too nice. <laughs> he's too nice. You've got to kick him out before he's 23 and oh, working as an assistant cameraman. Not a fucking problem with that. <laughs> not a worry about that. You're gone, Edward. Yeah. Uh, so... Janaris, as if the poor woman hadn't suffered enough, then pulled out a box knife what, and slashed both of Poe's wrists. The fuck? The fuck is wrong with this guy? Later that day at 2.30pm, Janaris went to the set where he had met Poe. Janaris calmly filled out his timesheet for the week and collected his pay of $600. Janaris then went shopping, and he bought a bouquet of red roses, a birthday cake, and a bottle of whiskey. He is a payday baron, isn't he? 
It was Seafon's 30th birthday. Hooray! Celebrate! Woo! Celebrate! Yeah! It's a happy day. So Janaris took them to his girlfriend. Yeah. At the brothel. It's better than Pizza Hut and Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> what was it better than like a what was it? A pizza in North Where was that one that Prince Andrew went? Oh, the Pizza Express or Pizza was. Express, yeah. In Woking. In Woking. Uh, so he went to the brothel where Saifon was there. Having a little celebration with some of the other brothel girls present. Yay. Ain't no party like a sex worker party. Janaris presented Saifon with the flowers and the cake. Happy birthday. Which is a nice touch. He then gave her Poe's Rolex watch. Not such a nice touch. Saifon. Although it does prove keep takes a licking and keeps on ticking. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I feel bad about that. Saphon observed out loud that the watch was old and clearly not new. Oh. oh. There, there, was a, there was a pinch for just a microsecond where I was like, I feel bad for the guy. You know, like you give someone a present and that was their observation. And then I went, then I remembered how we got it. Yeah. And that just makes it... All the more fucking pointless. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Would you believe Janaris became enraged? She seems like such a level-headed cat. And Seifon quickly told him that she was only joking and thanked him for the birthday present. <laughs> in other words, in all her interactions with horrible men, she's realised when one's about to turn murderous. Yeah, so she knows how to appease the yeah. murderous prat. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. doesn't at all look like a murder watch. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. This is just, I'll just, I'll just wipe this blood off the dial. This will be great. Uh, like, seriously, just give the woman a teddy bear. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't give her a copy of Escape from LA, but <laughs> it, not every gift has to be a Rolex watch. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. Uh, Earlier in the day across town, a person came across the body of Sally Poe hidden behind bushes. She had died at the scene. Poe's bereft husband was questioned and he had no idea why anyone would want to hurt his wife. Her husband said that his wife had left early in the morning to meet a client who had wanted her skills as a makeup artist for a photo shoot. He had overheard the name of the man she was meeting, who was organising the meeting for, with Nigel. And he said he overheard the name Lay Joe. The police would begin their investigation, but no one in Sally's circles had heard of a Lay Joe. Okay. But they all know of a man nicknamed Liar Joe. Okay. Liar Joe was arrested three days after Poe's murder at his mother's home where he lived. Right. Liar Joe's actual name was Janaris Badlish. Holy fuck. Janaris 
was secretly called Liar Joe by all of his acquaintances and friends and peoples that he worked with. Holy fuck. He was always bragging about royal lineage and would often boast about an imaginary girlfriend who was apparently a air, I'm finger <laughs> waggling, airline executive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a bullshit made-up job where they just put the word executive yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> but what does she actually do for the airline? She's an executive? <laughs> But an executive of what? Of the airline? <laughs> okay, but for the airline, she is being executive? That word is so overused that it was literally the badge on the lowest model Holden Commodore you could buy. <laughs> if you got a Commodore executive, that was the poverty pack. <laughs> that's like, the, it's for the American listeners, that's like yeah. the fucking uh, Ford Victoria that became cop cars. Oh, Just okay. shit boxes. Yeah. 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 That was the Commodore executive. Well, that's what this was. His his imaginary girlfriend, airline executive, who totally earned ten thousand dollars a month. Well, because he totally paid that much. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll earn as much as you'll pay her, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this was an imaginary girlfriend. Oh, yeah, he didn't, of he didn't, you know. Yeah. Um and he told everyone that he actually totally didn't live at home. No, because nah. that would be uncool. He totally lived in a condo with a pool. Liar Joe <laughs> even lied to everyone about a cigarette lighter he owned, uh, bragging that it cost over $2,000, where everyone knew that you paid $700 for it in stores. Yeah. More to the point, match as a 50 cents cunt. Yeah, seriously. Like, just give up smoking. You'll be able to afford a place of your own and not sponge off your mother. Yeah, and a Rolex. Liar <sighs> Joe also borrowed money from everyone, always promising to pay it back, but never did. So the problem was... Can you? But can you imagine the like he he came up with Lay Joe, yeah, like as a fake name, but it's actually sounded so similar to what he didn't know was the nickname that everybody called him. He essentially just get used his own name. That's amazing. How? That's what are the chances? Fucking pretty high. Oh my god! What? A- Thomas. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, just over six months later, on the 28th of October, 1998, Janaris, or as his full name was revealed in court, bear with me. Feel free to mispronounce <laughs> this cockhead's name, by the way. Tonku Janaris Badlisha bin Tonku Abdul Hamid Tani. Okay. We've said this before. That many names, you know they're a fucking serial killer. Yeah, that's either a serial killer's name or the Wi-Fi password. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for a place with decent security. Do you know what I mean? Nobody has like 18 names in their name unless they're like a dickhead. Yeah. To be fair though, all those Middle Eastern kind of connections, often they are a long line down from royalty. Yeah. 
Yeah, my ex-brother-in-law was legitimate Iranian royalty, but he was like 15 times removed. Oh. Well, it turns out that this guy, his mum... Yeah. ...had married the brother of the... I've got it here later. The... Of a sultan. Yeah. Uh, But then they had, like, divorced when he was two. Yeah. So he was like the nephew. He's like the Prince Andrew's kid. So you're like, yeah, you're kind of like related, but not enough for you to sponge off it. Like yeah. you've got to actually go get a job and no one cares. Yeah. Like you're not the queen. Like, this is the same with the British royals as well because yeah. they've got so fucking many of them. Yeah, I know. I worked for a guy um, when I was in government who was like not that far related, like down the chain in the British royals. Mm. He was just like a normal dude. Yeah. 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 Well, because I think it's like basically like if you're the queen and you're like yeah. the firstborn, yeah. then, you know, fair enough. That's your job. Everybody else in the family, get a real fucking job, mate. But like a decent a decent like bout of COVID on fucking Pedo Island. Yeah. This guy could have been in line for the throne. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't that far off. Well, you know what shits me about royalty? I think it should go back to the days where anybody could have a crack at it. If yeah. you're prepared to like fight them and knock off their head, you can become... Like the Queen of England. I like that. Yeah. You know, like they get all that money. They get millions of dollars. And it could be like a pay-per-view thing. You get to watch them like fight, like bare-knuckle, bare-breasted to see who's the Queen of England. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd watch that. Hell yeah. My money's on Prince Harry. War veteran. Oh, well. Got that rang of fight in him. That ginger. (laughs) Yeah. But, ah, uh, he, you know, he'd uh, have to get his balls back out of Megan's makeup bag. But there we go. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a bit too, you know. Yeah. Nah. And who's going to take on Camilla Parker Bowles with oh. her six foot electro whip tits? There's a reason everybody brings out a horse in a fight. <laughs> oh, my God. She's not gun shy. No, 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 but none of them. I'm like, I'm saying that like anyone, Anyone, like any member of the public, like Cheryl down at Tesco's could have a go. Yeah, I reckon that's fucking great. Yeah. Woo! Like Escape from New York. You got a bat with a nail in it. You got a garbage bin lid. You are the queen. A number one. (laughs) Shit, yeah. That'd be great. Make them earn it. And you know what? And then they'd appreciate it more. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Just saying. Um, Yeah. So he borrowed all this money. He got caught. (sighs) So he had to stand trial in the High Court of Singapore for the robbery and murder of Poe. Even now, Gennaris tried to show off his imagined wealth as he showed up in a very expensive tailored suit and gold cufflinks. Jesus. <sighs> Doesn't know how to play the insanity defence, does he? Funny you should say that. Oh, God. <laughs> The prosecutor presented a forensic pathologist who detailed the last moments of Poe's life. They alleged that Janaris had cut Poe's wrist so that he, so that he wanted her to bleed out, basically, because he wanted to make sure that she was going to die, that there was going to be no chance that she would survive. But as it turns out, this was a pointless overkill. Yeah. As the forensic pathologist explained that Poe had passed before Janaris had even cut her wrists. That's what happens when you hit a tiny woman 11 times to the back of a skull with a claw hammer, you fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking prick. 
Janaris claimed a defence of diminished responsibility. Ah, so he's gone the Martin Bryant. Like a gutless coward. Janaris claimed that he had been depressed. Oh. Was on drugs. No. Specifically, the marijuana. Oh, I used to smoke a fair bit of weed when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And the number of small women I killed with a claw hammer. Mm. I'm not proud of it, but mm. I've changed. I've turned my life around. That's why they say it's the gateway drug. It's the gateway drug to Rolex watch murdering. Absolutely. Yeah, Nancy Reagan was right. Yeah, fucking Cypress Hill has got a lot to answer for. Been on weed. The only thing that you are gonna murder is a pizza. Absolutely. Fucking hell. <laughs> As my friend Daniel Town says, the only door it opens is to the fridge. <laughs> and, and then, like every two minutes, because you've completely forgotten that you've been. Oh lord. So yes, he'd been smoking the Matadorada. Yes. And then he had become so obsessed with the Rolex watch that voices told him yeah. to kill Poe. Yeah. Yeah. You don't all... And this is what shits me. You know, just because you have a little voice inside your head, you don't have to listen to it. Do you know how many little voices tell me to do things during the day? Lots. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean you should do it. That's all I hear. Yeah. From mine. Yeah. But they're not motivating me to do stuff. At least who's are motivating him. Mine are all just like, you're an imposter. Play video games. Yeah, mine's like, you're fat. You put on weight, you know. Do you know how much weight you put on? No one will ever love you. You'll die alone. Shit on your boss's desk. Like, you know. How did you get Amber Heard's voice in your head? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So, yes, he claimed diminished responsibility. By the way, if you ever want to see a proper example of diminished responsibility, Mm. watch the videotapes of the interviews with Martin Bryant, mm. who, for our US listeners, committed the largest mass murder with a rifle in Australia's history. It's the reason we can't have automatic guns anymore. Mm. Um, those are some of the most chilling videos you can watch because that guy genuinely has the mind of a child. Yeah. And he's just laughing and giggling and trying to play tricks with the cops. And it's just he's a simpleton. Now, apparently he does sex favours in prison for chocolate. Yeah, he does, yeah. To everyone out there who thinks that mass murder is cool, you'll literally end up doing sex favours in prison for chocolate. Not that, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that if you like chocolate, but I'm just saying you don't need to mass murder people if you want to do sex acts for chocolate. Yeah. Just cut out the middleman and just do sex acts for chocolate. Used to drive around with a surfboard tech screwed to the roof of his Volvo, which he couldn't ride, (laughs) but he just loved the idea of being seen as a surfer. (laughs) A, don't drive a Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> B, don't text screw it down. People will notice. Yeah. And like, oh my God. But like, and he lived in Tasmania. It's yeah. too cold to yeah. surf. You can surf there, but it's fucking cold. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what a fucking loser. Yeah. Oh Lord. So anyway, yeah. So he says that he was depressed with the marijuana. Voices told him to do it. Blah. He also said he was depressed because everyone was hounding him for the money that he owed them. Oh, they wanted it back. Oh, even his own mom. Oh, Get God. out of my house. Stop rooting chicks at the brothel. <laughs> <laughs> mom, leave me alone. Wash your own socks. He's like the worst Napoleon Dynamite. I know, seriously. Ugh. Without, uh, without the redeeming dance at the end. Yeah. Oh. 
Janaris claims that after he heard Saphon's sad story about the Rolex watch and then saw Poe's Rolex, he had dreams about the watch. He also claimed that when he met Poe at the bus stop that day, that it was a voice inside his head that told him to rob her and that he could not control himself and that without his knowledge, his hand took the hammer from his bag and hit Poe. Yeah, because he travels with a hammer and a knife. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying, like, don't enable the little voices in your head by putting claw hammers in your bag, dipshit. Oh, and don't enable the voice in your head that says, oh, you know, kill this woman that you lured to a bus stop. Yeah. Fucker. Two days in advance. Fucker. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just casually met for the first time on set. Yeah. Fucking enabler. Enablers, man. They're the worst. Ugh. Oh, Lord. So, yes. Oh, he couldn't control himself. Now, you and I may leave this experience of hitting someone on the head 11 times with a hammer being shocked. But Janaris says that after the murder, he walked away and a kind of happiness and relief that he'd never experienced before washed over him. Well, as long as he felt good. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what else makes you happy? Not killing a woman for her watch? Not killing people for their watch. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me happy every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janera states he then went home and had a nap. Literally the first bit of work he'd ever done in his life. Yeah. He claims that he had a nightmare about killing someone and then he saw the Rolex watch and realised it was true he had killed someone. This guy must have worked on really shit movies. Shit movies. He's telling some shitty movie stories. Yeah. Oh, my God. Janaris? He's Amber Heard. But I'm boom. I woke up, there was a turd. <laughs> Janaris stated that when he had first seen the Rolex watch two days before the murder, <coughs> quote, it caught my attention, thinking that it would make, quote, a wonderful present. For girlfriend, girlfriend, say fun. <laughs> Janaris went on to say, <clears throat> quote, I knew that I could not afford to buy such an expensive watch for her. The next thing that came to my mind was to rob Sally Poe of her watch. That accent is dipshit. That's fluent dipshit. But again, Janaris claims it was not his fault. As he had been... Physically abused by his mother and stepfather. Gennaro stated that his mother and stepfather loved their children from their marriage. Oh. But they both resented himself and his brother from his mother's first marriage. Like I said, to the brother of the Sultan of Malaysia. Yeah. Um, Janaris claimed that his mother and stepfather would clip clothes pegs onto them for hours. And force him to eat hot chilli. That literally happened to a friend of mine. A friend of mine was tortured like that. Oh. He had clothes pegs put on him. He was tied to a um, clothes clothesline in the backyard and had dogs set on him. And he's never fucking killed a woman for a watch. Yeah. 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 Um, and he said that his mum told everyone that he was her nephew and not her son. Janaris's mother got on the stand... And she said that, no, she just punished her son harshly (laughs) for 
from ages three to 15 years. Jesus. Uh, but she did agree that her step that his stepfather was not very fond of him. Okay. I mean, apart from the fact he's 23 and still living in their fucking home. Yeah, that's I wouldn't be bad. fond of him either. No. However, she also testified that her son was mentally stable enough to be punished. Good. Even your own mum is like, punish the prick. Yeah. Get him out of the house, finally. She pulls the cardigan down over her own watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, could you imagine opening gifts around that fucker? You wouldn't <laughs> want to get anything too good. No. You wouldn't want to get the PlayStation. Woo! <laughs> uh, the prosecution psychiatrist said that Janeris was fine. He was working, maintained relationships, and had an extremely healthy sex life four days a week, every week. Um, All things a person suffering from the mental conditions he was claiming would not be able to sustain. The trial was over in 19 days. It's pretty good. That includes weekends. So, you know, (laughs) really, yeah. And on the 8th of December, 1998, the judge issued a verdict that took... How long do you think it's... So this was a huge case in Singapore because yeah. technically he kind of was, you know, related to the Sultan of Malaysia. Yeah. So there kind of is that royalty touch. So this is clearly his big moment in the spotlight. Yes. Yeah. one of the biggest cases. Okay. How long? Okay. I'm guessing mm. that the judge immediately knew there was a guilty verdict. <laughs> They've then got to go up and write their their decision and make sure mm-hmm. that it can't be challenged and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. I'm guessing that took him fuck all and he spent about two hours just to make it look good mm. in his chambers, probably playing PlayStation for a bit. So I'm going to go with two hours. Oh, no, no, I meant how long do you think it took him to announce his verdict? Like, no, as in to actually speak the words of his verdict. Oh, like 30 seconds. You know, where you're like, oh, I'm going to give you my verdict. That's yeah. what I meant. How long do you think his, what do you call it? His, I don't want to say speech. The ratio decidendi, the reason for the decision. Yes. And then there's the obiter dictum, which is the words Excuse that are Excuse you. Yeah. I think that's what he was playing his girlfriend for. <laughs> Four times a week. Thank you very much. Did I mention I have one failed semester of law? <laughs> okay, how long do you think that took? How long does that normally take? In Australia, the decision is probably uh, a good few pages. They go through all the facts of the case. Mm-hmm. They then basically give a summary of the case and then their judgment follows that. And then the very end of it is like, I find you guilty on these counts. And then like they'll reserve sentencing for another hearing. So usually like an hour. Okay. He issued a verdict that took... Over 90 minutes to deliver. That's pretty standard. But yeah, that's not good TV. He started quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, that shit happens. The judge stated, (coughs) In my opinion, like Hamlet, (laughs) the accused was not mad, but had a method in his madness. (laughs) which showed that the killing of the deceased was premeditated and his madness counterfeit. Really enjoying those 90 yeah, minutes. Yeah. He found Janaris guilty of murder and sentenced him to death by hanging. Fuck yeah, Singapore. I always think the way that you kill somebody is how you should go. Yeah. 
But some poor bastard shouldn't have to hit a dude in the head with a fucking... There'll be somebody... Like, there would be a line of women, let's face it. <laughs> there would be a line of women looking to do that shit. You, there's always someone. Do you know what? And that's how you cut down on more crime. People who have those urges can get it out yeah. in, a, in a sanctioned way. Or like somebody who's in prison for life. Yeah. A bit of extra pudding. You know? What if you literally blew someone's dick until they died? <laughs> They just had a heart attack and you got found guilty of murder and you're just standing there just like, time to die. I love the fact that you're just saying, what if? <laughs> I'm just planning a trip to Singapore. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> got to give as good as you get. Oh, and you're the reason. Ah. Anyway, they have laws. Um, <laughs> so he was found guilty, sentenced to death by hanging. As Gennaris was led out of the courtroom, Poe's husband who had been sitting quietly watching the verdict, shouted, You deserve it! Good on him. Janaris appealed the decision, but lost, and was hung in 1999. They don't fuck about, do they? Nah. There, it's like, the, it's, it was reading this thing, and it was like, pretty much once your appeal was gone, you they would hang you as, uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, good. Um, safe on returned to her hometown in Thailand where she built a house for her and her son. She had returned the watch, obviously. Oh, good. good. Yeah, because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> um, in July of 2015, the National Daily newspaper, The Straits Times, published a book which named This Murder Case as one of the top 25 crimes that have shook Singapore since its independence. Wow. So, in a way, that's kind of good that there's there's not that much. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually pretty fucking routine in Australia. Because I was going to say, like, yeah. We got some shit that will make your toes curl. Yeah. But yeah, so I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter what the voices uh, tell you to do. Um, don't kill people for their watches, their jewelries, their PlayStations, their cars, their hats, yeah. their shoes. Uh, leave them the fuck alone. Yeah, and stop being an incel who thinks a sex worker is his girlfriend. Yeah. Stop living at home with you. Well, you know what? I can't even say don't live at home with your mum because the way property prices are at the moment. No, you know what? Be a man. Fucking live in your car. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I kind of I kind of get that property market's a shit at the moment. I can't yeah. I can't even yell at him for that. Yeah. And on on this year's International Sex Worker Visibility Day, get your sex worker a nice present that you paid for yourself. Yeah. One that one that just base. It's like a trade gift between two companies, like mm-hmm. business to business. Mm-hmm. Get them something nice. Yeah. Like a foot massage or something like that. Yeah. If you really want to show your sex worker that you respect her, you give her a gift that you have worked for. Yeah. And not someone that you've killed someone for. Exactly. Don't give her a token of someone else's love. Mm. That just makes you a shit cunt. Yeah, it does. <laughs> we need to make sex worker gift packs. Oh, that would be nice. Something yeah. to give your sex worker. Yeah. 
like what? a like a sage smudge to smoke the room out after you've been. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you mean like the room or her little room? <laughs> there, I don't there's think a you, Tommy Wiseau film I do not want to I see. I don't think you should blow smoke up it. I'm just saying. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> what are you doing in here? <laughs> You're tearing me apart. <laughs> Imagine a vagina that says that. <laughs> You're tearing me apart. Oh my God, you are such a man. Sometimes I forget you're a man and then you open your mouth and I'm like, fucking, oh my God. Because, you know what? Men are only allowed to have a mouth for one reason. And that is? Wow, that's for real moth men who eat the carpet. <laughs> uh, and I feel like my uh, catchphrase isn't particularly appropriate for this episode. <laughs> You know, it's really. You not. might have to go back to your old one. Yeah, look at the dick. <laughs> That's my fallback. <laughs> well, you know, just don't make the poor sex worker look at your dick four times a week every week exactly. when you can't afford it. Yeah, she's like your therapist. She's sick of your shit. <sighs> I'm turning this off now. Yeah. I Bye. Think, yeah. <laughs>